بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا نبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى he is the creator of everything and he says that since he is the creator of everything we should worship him khaliqu kulli shay fa'buduhu he is the creator of everything so worship him so worship is attached to creation and in the realm of human beings you will see that this concept this theory uh, has <coughs> applications and unfortunately um, it has wrong applications and misconceptions You know, that our parents mashallah alhamdulillah uh, are the reason for our creation in this world and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciates that creation and creativity and uh, tells us to be kind and generous to our parents walwalidayn ihsana allah says that since they are Uh, your creators in this world you must appreciate the fact uh, right all this now being contested by science and technology is uh, who's the father who's the mother and all of the unnecessary nonsense that is created by modern day medicine all these norms have been thrown out of the window that you don't know who your mother is or your father is because uh, some people are born in test tubes and some people don't know who their mother is who their father is because they were born out of wedlock and so you have the problems with technology and you have the problems with society and you have the problems with immorality oh. But the Quran says that alhamdulillah mashallah uh, most human beings still know who their parents are that we came from this set of parents and because they are de facto our creators they created us through the process of consummating their marriage and that resulted in our coming into existence in the mother's womb and then eventually into this world so allah appreciates that and uh, informs us that we should be kind and generous towards our parents oh. meaning that is in um, the context of nature and uh, the natural law of all human beings is to respect those who uh, brought you into this world So that has its place no doubt and we're not talking about that 
meaning the respect we should give to our parents, we're talking about a broader concept. And that is <coughs> that you start to, those people who are engaged in creativity and in uh, technology and in gadgets and uh, even whatever industry you're in and, and you're creating uh, new things and machines and gadgets all the time, then uh, eventually you become a servant of that gadget or just look at Apple, the iPhone or just look at anything else that's out there in the market in terms of consumerism and then people almost become slaves uh, of what it is that is created. Mm. All right. And that is the basis of the Quran and Sunnah mm. condemning shirk. That you assume that this creation is so huge that you become devoted to it and you become enslaved to it and then it becomes so addictive that you can't live without it and this is the essence of ibadah this is the essence of worship if you can live without your phone for one day you're doing good but I don't think any of us can do that try it for one day Live without your phone. Right? I mean, just try it. For the sake of exercise, just say, I'm not going to use my phone today. It will be impossible for you. Because you're addicted to the creativity that's in there. Obviously, it's commercialized, it's marketed, and all of that jazz that comes with it. Right? But the fact is that you are enamored to the point of almost worshipping something that is a unique creation and then people who go to work and they're dedicated to their work then they become enamored with their work and they become enamored with their creation and then they are devoted as an ibadah almost to their creation those people who manufacture and create different types of transportation and cars and planes and communication methods and everything else in the industry okay, they become so devoted that, that that item that they create becomes their idol in essence and this is the essence of shirk so it's no different really from the worshipping of statues and idols that are man-made from stone or wood and even from perhaps food stuff that Umar said that we were so backward that we would make and bake uh, something like a statue and then when we were hungry on travel we would then find risk in the statue and the idol we would eat the idol right seems kind of hilarious but it's no different from what we're experiencing in modern-day society in modern-day society we unfortunately have become addicted to things in the terms of creation so the Quran is very precise accurate he is the creator of every shay everything he creates so that is his creation 
Therefore, because he created those things, you must worship him, the creator. So the process of Tawheed is, get, is to get from the creation to the creator, not to be fixed and limited and anchored by the creation, whatever it is. You can be enamored and mesmerized and you could be in awe of everything. But everything is a creation of Allah. And the only one that you need to be in awe of in terms of worship is Allah. Hada khalqullahi fa'aruni madha khalqassamawad. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La khalqussamawati wal ardi akbaru min khalqinnas. That the creation of the heavens and the earth is much greater than the creation of man. Either in the sense that whatever man creates, or in the sense of creating man himself, is in terms of comparing the heavens and the earth, man becomes a much smaller creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although he's the best creation. So we see that in, in this uh, era, the, 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 the focus of a Muslim must be to remove himself from the shackles of being devoted, dedicated to things, and turning his focus and attention to the creator of things. Yeah. Where you're not attached to a thing in terms of devotion and addiction, that you can't live without those things. And Ibrahim salam's call to Tawheed was based on the celestial bodies without which we can't live or survive. So he went through this process of explaining to his people that I look at the star and the star gives you this, this benefit and this benefit and this benefit. It is an amazing creation of Allah, but yet you worship the stars. And then when the star sets, he says, I don't like things that set. It disappears. I don't like this. Then he takes them to the moon. The moon is a celestial being. It is supreme. It is superb. It is beautiful. And there are so many worldly benefits that come with the moon. And we can't live without the moon. Even physically, we can't live without the moon. Any more than we can live without the stars, physically. But we should not be in awe of the moon in such a way that we start, we start worshipping something that is celestial and heavenly without which life on earth would become extremely difficult. And then when the moon sets, he gives them a piece of, the, of his mind. He says, how are you worshipping the moon? Then he goes to the sun. The sun, subhanAllah, is the source of our light, of our energy, of our life. Without the sun, there would not be, there would not be a, a solar system. We could not sustain life without it, period. But that doesn't mean to say that you start worshipping the sun because it gives you so much. So in this rat race of science, technology, creation, Capitalism, money-making, gadgets, machines, inventions, promotions. The Muslim mind must not become a consumer mind. 
Once you become a consumer mind, then you're addicted. Then you're no good to anyone. Try and tell your son, who's on, hooked on a video game, uh, do salat. Uh, yeah, all right, fine. And happening, he's addicted to the gadget. Why is he addicted? Because there's no tawheed there. There's no sense that this is just a creation of man and man has made me addicted to man's creation. Allah is saying that I don't want you to be to, I don't want you addicted to my creation, never my man's creation. So in my creation without which you cannot exist or sustain yourself, you're not supposed to be addicted to that creation because Allah is a creator. You become addicted to ibadah and worship. And you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is Khaliqu Kulli Shay. He is the Khaliq, the creator of every shay, everything. And that is how the early Muslims uprooted the love of the dunya and things from their hearts. The dunya is all about things. As we know. You can itemize them. You can think about them. But don't glorify them to the level where you say, if I don't have this item in my house, I'm a failure. Or if I, have, don't, I don't have this model, or if I don't have this amount of money, or if I don't have this degree in education, which is also created, by the way. Your aqal is also a creation of Allah. So you must not worship your aqal. You must use it and not abuse it. So the Muslim mind must appreciate that when it comes to tawheed, tawheed means to worship only one and no one else and nothing else no thing nothing nothing besides Allah is worthy of worship because it is created and that's where you share that I'm created you're created the things that you have they're also created so we share being a creation of Allah in that sense we're all equals just because there is a particular emphasis in uh, today's world to, um, to, to um, bring about and hoard things, doesn't mean to say that Islam gives you a license to do what you're not supposed to do, and that is to become addicted. Addiction is not just in drugs or in alcohol. Addiction is also in the lifestyle. That's why the ibadat of the year tell us that we're going to remove you from your, your, your pattern. We're going to remove you from your system of life. We're going to remove you from uh, certain ideals that you have. But unfortunately, Muslims somehow figure out a way to still bring the things in uh, without even realizing that's what they're doing. The psalm and fasting was meant to be a total detachment from things. That you're leaving things. Soul means tark, leaving. You're supposed to leave everything in, leave the dunya in Ramadan. 
But somehow Muslims through consumerism, they brought all that back into Ramadan. The most parties and the most lavish parties happen when? In Ramadan. The total antithesis of why Ramadan is there in the first place. And we say we're not addicted. Sure you're addicted. If you don't have a party to go to on Friday, Saturday, you're lost. Why? Because I, have not, I don't have a party to go to now. My God, I have to talk to my family. SubhanAllah. I need to have a conversation with my wife because there's no party. This is what the addiction of lifestyle does. It makes you inhuman. It makes you a thing. It makes you someone that has no respect for Allah and no respect for creation. So we as Muslims must understand that um, in this day and age, as capitalism prevails and consumerism is in our DNA, we have to remove all of that so that we appreciate worshipping one. So you cannot worship your accolades and your education and your prestige and your honor and your food and your clothing and everything else that you do because these are all things. And who creates these things? Allah. So you worship the Khaliq. And the meaning of worship is not limited to saying that I'm there in front of my house and I make sajda to the house. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you cannot live without things, then you are addicted, addicted to things and eventually you will worship those things. Subconsciously and then consciously you will worship those things. And then if you do not own and possess and procure those things, you'll have a fight. Many of us unfortunately have small little fights and big fights. When it comes to buying things for our children. And the more money you have, the more problems you have. If you're rich, mashallah, Allah give you barakah and everything else that goes along with it. But if you're rich and your son or your daughter graduates and you don't buy that son or daughter a new car, you've had it. You're done. You're doomed. Because they will not just pester you, they will penalize you. They will persecute you. That how dare you not buy me a new car when everybody else has a new car. How dare you not buy me the most recent version of the phone when everybody else... You see where this goes? Then it dictates your life. It controls your life. Consumerism is a disease. It is cancerous. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came with the prophets to remove us from this disease of loving the dunya and loving things. Ashia, things. I love things. I want more things in my house so I will now look better and I'll feel better, which is a false sense of security. Because things don't help you. What helps you is your dhikr of Allah. What helps you is a self of contentment. 
a sense of satisfaction with whatever Allah has given you at that moment. And you have sabr and you have shukr. This comes from inside. As the Prophet said, that the true richness of a man is in his heart. How many people you know who have money and wealth and everything, education, but their lives are disturbed. They are confused and they can't sleep or they have problems that are enormous. So if things were the reason why you get sukoon, then everybody should have sukoon, but no one has sukoon. Because Allah has not placed sukoon in the things he created. Allah has put sukoon in himself and in his dhikr. So the end of consumerism will mark the beginning of Islam. Yes, we have things, we use them, utilize them, sometimes perhaps enjoy them and so on, but not to the point of addiction and not to the point of dedication that our life depends on whether or not we have these things. And that is the meaning of Tawheed, that we worship only one, only one being, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to do what pleases him the most. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen.